Hello, welcome back to Just Like Other Girls. Today I want to talk about the idea of stress and the idea of stress relief. And I say this because I don't know what your guys' TikTok looks like. I know everyone's algorithm is so curated to who they are as a person, but mine is a lot of people telling me how to de-stress or how to like, you know, like people pushing meditation or like do these things in the morning and like feel whatever. And I have found that the pressure to not be stressed out is stressing me out. And that's like really like a little messed up circle that's going on in my head. Like I am trying so hard to not be stressed that that is causing me anxiety and stress in and of itself. Because I feel like if I am stressed, it's going to affect me physically. It's going to affect me mentally. It's going to affect my productivity and my output. And so then I worry about that. And then I'm like, okay, what can I do to get less stressed? And I'm like, all right, I can add in more time for walks. But then I go and I take this long walk. And the whole time I'm walking, I'm like, there are 15 things I should be doing right now. And it's this like crazy, vicious circle that you just cannot get out of. And I think... I'm starting to try and think about like, okay, how can I break this cycle of being stressed about being stressed? Which is a very meta, it's like almost, I like can't even talk about it because I'm confusing myself as I'm trying to say it out loud. But I'm sure some of you are feeling something similar. So one thing for me, and this is sort of what crystallized it for me. I, for me, stress manifests itself in my body in a very physical way. So I get like terrible knots in my back and in my neck that are like very painful. And I know that a lot of that comes from the tension and the tension that I have comes from being stressed. So there's like that kind of physical pain. Because of that, I get tension headaches and I have these headaches and I'm like, why is my head hurt? Oh, my head hurts because I'm stressed. Well, now I'm stressed that my head hurts. And like, is it something else? Do I have allergies? Should I be taking an allergy medication? Do I have to go get an MRI? Is something wrong with my brain? Do I need new glasses? And that causes me this whole level of stress again, when really the problem is the stress to begin with. And a A different example of that, another way that my stress manifests itself physically is stomach issues. And I I definitely have a hard time like with digestion. I get a lot of stomach issues. And some of it I know has nothing to do with my mind. Some of it is obviously physical. But I do think like the relationship between the body and the mind is strong. And when your mind is is causing you stress, at least for me, the way that that comes out is through my body taking on that stress. And so, like I said, I, I have these sort of like, I'm trying to figure out my gut health. Again, something my TikTok is all talking about. But I really am. And so I was going to a nutritionist and I was like, what's going on? And we did this like elimination diet. So she's like, okay, you can't eat dairy. You can't eat gluten. And we sort of like ruled out, okay, you're not lactose intolerant. You're not gluten intolerant. Like there must be something else. And there's this thing, I'm going to say this as quickly as I can because this isn't the point of the episode, but there's this thing called FODMAPs, which are, I don't even freaking know. I think they're like certain proteins or enzymes or hell, maybe they're even like a polypeptide. I really don't know. But they're like certain things that a lot of food ha- foods have 
And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of different FODMAPs, but they are hard to digest for people. And the thing is, some are harder than others and some affect some people but don't affect others. And basically, the doctor, the nutritionist was like, okay, you should go on this thing. It's called a low FODMAP diet where you cut out all of these foods with FODMAPs in them and see how you feel and then we figure out which ones are actually affecting you. So here's the thing. Pretty much every food has a FODMAP in it. Like the list is insane. It's not just like, oh, don't eat don't eat cheese. It's like, okay, any kind of legume, peanuts, um, which is a legume, but it's like apples, bananas, pears, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, uh, spinach but not romaine, um, raspberries but not blackberries. Like the list is insane. And it's also a lot of like, healthy nutritional food that like you kind of need those nutrients and so I'm sitting there and I'm like all right I can't eat any of this stuff the two biggest culprits for FODMAPs or I was told at the time again don't take any of this as like medical advice I'm just sharing my experience and clearly badly I don't even remember what a FODMAP is but two of the things that I was told you should really stay away from were garlic and onions I'm Italian. That's like an entire food group for me. So it was really hard. And it was like honestly sad. I get a lot of joy from food. And at the same time, like being in physical pain, I didn't want to experience that anymore. So I was like, okay, I'm willing to take out these flavors that I like if I'm going to feel better. But I'm really going to freaking miss eating onions and garlic. And then the last thing about the FODMAP that's very confusing is that some of it just has to do with quantities, right? So it's like you can eat chickpeas but only a quarter of a cup of chickpeas. If you have half a cup of chickpeas, then you're in trouble. So like there's just so much to remember when you're doing this. This I don't want to call it a diet because it's not a diet but it's it's a regiment that you eat to try and like figure out your stomach and get your digestive tract back on health or back on track. So I was trying to do this for months and it was working and then it wasn't working and it was working and it wasn't working and I was getting so stressed out about what I was eating. I was like, oh my God, is there a Brussels sprout in that? Or I would like go out to dinner with my friends because like you still need to have social life, right? You still need to do things and as I've said, in New York, 90% of your social life is going to restaurants. That's just what you do here. So I would go to dinner with my friends and I'd be like, what do you have on the menu that doesn't have garlic in it? And these waiters would look at me like I had 17 heads and they were like, literally everything has garlic in it. So I would eat these foods and I would get nervous and I'd be like, is there food in it? Or I'd be like cooking the food and I'd be like, oh, can I put an onion in it? Or wait, I don't remember. Can I eat raisins? And I was getting so stressed out about what I was eating and if I was following FODMAP. And somebody said it in a TikTok and I... I wish I could remember who. I would love to give them credit. But someone was like, you know, I was getting so stressed out about trying to eat a certain way that that stress was actually making me feel worse. And I was like, oh my God, that is what's happening. I am, every time I go to eat, I am so stressed. That's like the only word I could think of. I am so stressed about whether or not I'm eating too many chickpeas by like half an ounce or whatever that... Of course, as someone whose stress manifests physically, of course this stress is giving me even more stomach aches than I had before. And 
I would say maybe like a year ago at this point, I said, you know what? Forget it. I'm done. I'm done trying to eat FODMAP. I'm just going to eat. And I'm going to stop worrying about it. And I'm going to stop being stressed. And if I notice that like something really does give me a hard time, then I'll cut it. When I tell you my stomach got infinitely better when I started doing this. And it just made me think, first of all, I was very grateful. I was grateful to no longer be in pain on a daily basis in my stomach. But it also made me look at the world and I was like, oh, what else am I doing that? What else am I stressing about trying to do something the right way that I'm actually just causing it to go even more wrongly? Wrong? Wrongly. Whatever. And I think this is like a very like, it was just something that I realized, you know, we live in this culture that like promotes how, you know, grind, hustle culture, work hard, like always be doing something. And then at the same time, it's preaching to you like make time for yourself, meditate, go for a walk, like take the space you need. And it's like, okay, how am I supposed to take the space I need, but also be participating in the hustle culture? And I think it's partially because we're at like a bit of a fluctuation point. I think things are changing where back in 2015, hustle culture was everything. And it was like, who cares if you sleep? It doesn't matter as long as you have three side hustles and you're making an income off of that and you also are getting famous on Instagram. And that was like the cultural zeitgeist. And I think now we're coming into a space coming out of the pandemic and all these many things that are changing and Gen Z has a very different attitude than millennials had and I think it's healthy in a lot of ways and there's starting to be this this idea of putting yourself and your mental health and your emotional health and your physical well-being above career and it's like duh that should be a no-brainer but I think it really wasn't seven years ago so but I do think we're like in the middle where we're at a tension point between those two things where We do feel like, okay, I do want to have a side hustle. I do want to be doing things. I want to be productive. I want to be what we're calling it now, I found is, quote unquote, that girl, right? I want to be able to wake up and make my smoothie with my sea moss and my blue spirulina and make my bed and go for a 50-minute walk and live this whole life before my workday starts at 9 because that is self-care but at the same time making yourself get up at five in the morning and go through this entire to-do list of so many things that you're doing not because you love them but because you feel you have to because it's good for you I need to walk in the morning and I'm not saying that these things aren't good for you of course going for a walk and you know having time to wake up in the morning is good for you but I think there's this sort of duality of like Make time for yourself, protect your mental health, but do it by adding all these things to your plate, waking up an hour before you have to wake up, not getting enough sleep. And and I think that that can be very challenging. And so all this goes back to my original thesis that I was trying to take on all of these things that would theoretically de-stress me. Like I, you know, I was saying to myself, okay, I, I should really do yoga for a full hour because if you do yoga you know that doing yoga in 30 minutes you don't get the same mental relaxation benefits that you get when you do it for 60 because when you do it for 60 you get a full warm-up you get a full cool down you get all but then I started realizing okay so I would do it for 60 minutes and then I would have to rush through my shower because I'd have to make it to a meeting in time and suddenly I would be like uh, frenzied 
And I was like, okay, so everything that I just gained from this spiritual 60 minutes and my wonderful three and a half minute Shavasana is gone because now I'm stressed that I didn't do work for 60 minutes and I still have to take a shower and I have to make lunch and now how am I going to get everything done that I need to get done by the end of the work day. And so then I started to realize, okay, Shannon, 30 minutes of yoga is better than no minutes of yoga. And on some days, no minutes of yoga might be better than trying to do yoga at all because the day just doesn't allow for it. And so all of these things that I was trying to take on, it's obvious now from hindsight that I was taking on all these things to de-stress me. But in doing so, I was just adding more items to a to-do list. And I love a to-do list more than anyone. I love checking things off. But that to-do list is also, at least for me, and I'm sure plenty of other people will agree, the source of all stress. Like you look at that list and you're like, that's a lot of things I have to accomplish. How am I going to get it done? Even if you've accounted for how you're going to get it done, there's a fear, but what if I don't? Or how am I going to get it done quickly enough? What if am I going to sacrifice the quality? And so trying to add all these like don't be stressed behaviors, like having time to make these like gorgeous lattes that these girls on TikTok are making was just creating more stress for me. And so even though I was doing them, I was getting no benefit because Yeah, sure, I was like maybe taking away five degrees of stress, but I was adding 15 by trying to do it. And I think a lot of it too, you know, social media, obviously, you know, I love it. I'm, I'm, I contribute to it. I learn a lot on social media. I get good ideas on social media. You connect with your friends. I think it's great. But I also think that it promotes comparison. And I think we all know comparison is the thief of joy. And You see these people who are prioritizing certain healthy de-stressing behaviors and maybe they're able to do it because that's their full-time job or you know maybe some of these people who are on there like they they love waking up at five in the morning and doing this whole morning routine because maybe they go to bed at 9 30 or maybe some people need less hours of sleep and so they don't need it but for whatever reason these people especially people who are creators and I say this as a creator, I'm not a lifestyle creator, but when you are a creator and you're putting content out into the world, whatever that content is that you're putting out is a priority in your day-to-day. And it's something that hopefully if you have started to create content around it and push it into the world, it's something that you love. And people always ask me, mine is very different and I don't think anyone looks at my stuff and thinks, oh God, I should be making comedy videos every day. I don't think anyone thinks that. But my friends will be like, God, that's that's so much work. How do you find the time to do it? And I'm like, well, because I love it. I look forward to doing it. Even when it feels like a chore, when I have to get a piece of content out because it's timely or I'm doing it for a brand or whatever, it's still something that I genuinely enjoy doing. And so I think these creators who can make these elaborate breakfast smoothies feel good about themselves having this morning of rest and relaxation they probably love doing that and even on days that it feels like oh I don't want to get out of bed once they start doing it they're like wow this is this is really special and you or me I should say as the consumer of that I don't see that I see like wow she's taking such good care of herself in the morning why don't I do that I should try to start doing that but I get up I hate cooking this is no secret I don't like to cook So I see these people, they're making these amazing meals and they're like, oh, it's so good. I feel so great. Like it's all really healthy. And like I know the ingredients and the process of doing it is so relaxing for me. 
I hate cooking. So I try to do that. And the whole time I'm doing it, I'm like, God, I could be doing a million other things. It, it feels like a chore. And so then this thing that's supposed to be stress relief or make me feel better because I'm whatever is just making me feel worse. So I don't really know if I have a solution <laughs> because I think we're all living in a world where we're being told a lot of different conflicting things at once, you know, and we have to find for ourselves how we reconcile that and wrestle with what's the right amount of X and what's the right amount of Y. I have found, yes, there are certain things you have to do to take care of yourself. You have to drink enough water. You have to get out of bed with enough time to get to work on time or you're going to get fired. You know, you have to, I think doing some kind of daily or every other daily physical movement, it's good for your bones, it's good for your joints, whatever that is for you and as long as it's movement that you enjoy. What I found is there isn't one way to take the stress out of life. And sometimes even the things that you're told, this is important, you should do it, like getting rid of the FODMAPs in your diet, that's going to make your stomach feel better. If the process of doing it is so challenging or stressful or confusing or just feels like something that you're always like, ah, shoot, I forgot to do this and it's then causing anxiety about the fact that you're not doing it, maybe it's causing more harm than good. And for me, as I'm trying to make more time for myself and make sure that I am putting my own physical, mental, emotional well-being above all of the items on my never-ending to-do list, I'm starting to realize what that looks like doesn't have to be the things that TikTok and society and wellness books and the people who get on, like, it doesn't have to be the things that other people are throwing at me. For me, it's doing the crossword every morning. That is what I need to start my day and feel like I took time for myself. I'm not going out and saying you should go and do the crossword in the morning because I'm sure a lot of people hate crosswords and would not enjoy that and would just get frustrated by Fridays because they're really hard and it wouldn't be fun for them. For me, it's doing yoga. I I know plenty of people who really hate yoga because it's too slow, whatever. Then don't do yoga. Do something else. All I'm saying is that as I'm going through my journey of trying to de-stress myself because stress is not good for you that that much we know to be true and and we should de-stress that's important but as I'm going through this personal journey I'm trying to pick out the things that I have been told will be de-stressing and look at them and say okay is this really making me feel better or is this just adding more ugh to my life whether that is actual stress or just like annoyance or anxiety or frustration or confusion whatever that negative emotion is if it's adding more negative than positive I'm going to stop doing it even if even if people are telling me I should be doing it and that it's good for me because I think you have to do what's good for you and your body knows and you'll know when you find the things that feel like you're taking care of yourself And all this to say, I just think like that infinite loop of like being stressed about your stress and then stressing about that stress is hard to break out of. I certainly haven't done it yet. I'm definitely still fighting that little whirlpool on a daily basis. But I think the more that I can look at things with an outsider's perspective or a discerning eye and really question the actions that I'm taking in the day and be like, okay, which ones are actually 
adding value in a positive way, the happier I am. So I recommend it. That's about it from me. Um, But as always, thanks for tuning in. This was Just Like Other Girls, and we'll talk next time.